You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. We've been, uh, the last two weeks, um, we started a series on the vision of this house. And so we're going to continue in that today as we go through looking at um, what God has spoken into this house. So if you're a new or a guest joining us, um, that's okay because um, each one of these things we talk about um, is in the Word of God, and it's important for us to understand as a principle of God's truth that can grow us. And so today we're going to talk about the idea of proclamation, and what that comes from inside of our vision is this, is that the vision of Freedom Christian Fellowship that has been in the soil of the ground of this house from the very beginning has been this, that we exist to be a people to help those who are in captivity become free through praise and proclamation. So the first week we talked about the idea of what it means to set the captives free. That's in the heart of Jesus. We see that actually in Luke 4 where Jesus was sitting in the synagogue and he read from the scroll of Isaiah. It was a messianic prophecy is what we, we learned. And that's important because Jesus came and he fulfilled that. And one of the things that Jesus read from in that scroll was this, is that part of his anointing, which he has given us, is to bring to liberty those who are in captivity. So this is near to God's heart, this idea that God wants to dwell with man and he wants them to be free. That should be good news to every one of us because of this reason. No matter where you are or what you feel bound to, Jesus is greater. And he is here to set you free. He is here to set you free. And yes, that starts at salvation, a word we call salvation, which means you've got to put your faith in Jesus to cover your sins first. He did it all at the cross. All you have to do is truly believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is able. But it doesn't stop there. It continues on to every area of your life. If you may have given your life to Jesus, truly given your life to Jesus years ago, but you feel bound to something, you feel bound to fear, or you feel bound to anxiety, or you feel bound to unforgiveness, or um, a sense of uh, self, uh, self-worth that is terrible, no matter what it is, Jesus has come to set you free. We looked at how the power of praise plays into that and how we can't look at this time corporately or any point in our walk uh, day to day and not value properly the importance of praise. And so today, as we look at the idea of proclamation, let me just give you a simple understanding of what this means. Let's maybe pull it out of the bigness and look at it from a very simple standpoint The word proclamation very simply means to declare something, to declare something. But it has a very powerful spiritual application. And I believe that that happens three ways, three ways that proclamation gets into us. And that comes, proclamation happens as we hear something. We can't give what we don't possess We can't declare what we don't understand. We can't speak about what we have not experienced. And so what the scripture says and what God desires to do is to put it in us. And there is a way that that happens. We must hear, not with our natural ears, but with our heart. We must hear with our heart. But then we must also speak it. 
we've got a responsibility that we're going to talk about in just a second to speak the good news of the gospel. And the good news of the gospel is the place of freedom that Jesus desires to bring every one of us to. And then finally, and this is the third part of the idea of proclamation that I want to give to you that is probably the most stretching, is that it's not just about what we hear and what we speak, but finally, it's about what we do. It's about what we do. Because the Bible tells us, and I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but the Bible tells us this, that the gospel was not given in talk alone. The power of the gospel is actually seen through the tangibility of the gospel, the gospel being done. And so as a people who desire to walk in this and experience the total freedom that Jesus gives, when we look at the word proclamation, we have to understand that there is a process in which the Holy Spirit gets this inside of us. So what are we declaring? What is the primary thing that we're declaring? Let's look at the word and see, first and foremost, in 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to look at verse 18 and then verse 20. In verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5, it will be on the screens. Go ahead and open up your Bible app on your phone, or if you have um, a Bible, open it up. It says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's very easy to understand, but here is something that I want to give you that, that, that stretches us just a bit. And it's this, is that the understanding of what Jesus has done for you, yes, you have to get it for yourself first and foremost, but it is not meant to be kept just to yourself. This is what this scripture tells us, that we all carry this ministry of reconciliation, meaning God has given it to us and has set us free to help somebody else be set free. And then verse 20 says this, point blank, it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. How many of you guys feel like an ambassador? You've got a very important job. If you've been brought and transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've got an important job. You're an ambassador. You're somebody who God has appointed to carry a message. Paul goes on and says this, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So here Paul is practicing exactly what he is encouraging us to do. He's saying, listen, you are now ambassadors to carry this, world, this word into the world. And where you go, declare this. And then he goes on and says, please be reconciled to God. Everybody that will listen, please be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. That means come to know the love of Jesus Christ. Understand what he did. So let's this morning just work through this and understand these three pieces of proclamation. Why is it important? To understand that proclamation comes by what we hear. Listen to what Romans 10, 17 says. I mentioned it earlier in a prayer. I said, consequently, faith comes from hearing, in the mes- hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by hearing 
the message of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. The power of the gospel has the ability, has the ability to do something inside every person that hears it, no matter what their initial response is. It has the power to change who we are. It is creative and has authority by nature. First unto salvation, then unto freedom, and finally into our future. This is important. We're going to talk about this in a second. But I want to just tell you, share with you a little story. Some, some Father's Day stories of my own, if, if you'll permit me. When my kids were little and we lived in Los Angeles, we were deciding to take a trip back to Texas to see my wife's family. And my kids always got excited, even though, honestly, my wife and I didn't get too excited about road trips. My kids, my kids loved them. Now, you've got to understand something. Uh, if you've never done it before, Interstate 10 is, is epic. It's huge, okay? It goes from Los Angeles to Florida, all right, all the way across the southern United States. But the trip from Los Angeles to southeast Texas, to Port Natchez Groves, Texas, is about 26 hours long. Now, okay, let me, let me just compound the, the magnitude of this really quick. Um, we had like uh, an expedition which has exactly, it's a wonderful vehicle, but it has exactly the same amount of seats that we do have children. <laughs> all right, so you guys are getting where I'm going, all right? So multiply the amount of brakes times five kids coupled with a 26-hour road trip in a tight car that really is big, but not with my family, <laughs> And so what we did was this, is that one Christmas, we were going to make a surprise trip. We kept it a secret from them. And so we opened up our Christmas gifts a little bit early. And inside of their gifts, it might have been their stocking, we had made a puzzle. And this puzzle was in the shape of Texas. And on this puzzle, we had, we had uh, wrote the words, we're going to Texas. And then we cut it out and we gave into five pieces and we gave each one of our kids a piece of the puzzle in their stocking. And as they pulled it out, uh, they were clueless. They're like, you know what, paper? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know, it's, it's, this is not what I want for Christmas. And we said, no, 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 hold on to it, hold on to it. And as they got it, we said, okay. And my wife was like, okay, put them on the floor. Put them on the floor. And they're, they're starting to, the older ones were kind of starting to get it. And they're like, it's a puzzle. And so they, they started to put it together. And as they put it together, the younger ones didn't know what was going on. As they started to put it together, they, they saw it. And, and one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, their faces lit up. They, they read it. Maddie read it first. We're going to Texas. And my son's like, we're going to Texas? <laughs> and Abby's like, we're going to Texas? And Anna's like, huh? You know? <laughs> Lily was just screaming from the beginning, you know. She's just screaming about everything. And so, and they just started lighting up. So what took place? What took place is that the full expectation of hearing the good news was set in their heart, and it had the ability to transform their attitudes and bring them to something. Now, if, if you understand that poor illustration coupled alongside of understanding of how the Word of God works. Because here's what this says, is that the Word of Christ here, the Word of Christ here is the rhema. 
And the word rhema means this, the life, the breath of God. That means this, as you get into the word of God, it has the ability to be as if God himself is speaking to you. And it has all the transfer, transformation ability with inside of it to bring about the full measure of freedom in life that Jesus is working in you. When we begin to understand that, here's, here's the importance of hearing and how it plays into proclamation because God is constantly trying to get us to a place where we are hearing, steadily hearing His voice because His voice is transformational. I want to show you a little bit deeper how this works in Hebrews 11, I'm sorry, 4.12, Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. This is the word here is the Greek word logos. And logos means written. But it holds the same authority as rhema. So what is written has the authority to be as if what God is speaking. So when you come to the Word in your Bible study time, or how often you go to the Word, or if you hear somebody preach from the Word, or if you're reading a book where the Word of God is mentioned, you have to understand that everything that comes from the Bible has the authority of the life of God on it. So for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than ever, ever, any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. This is how the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, begins to work in us in a very deep level. Because the Scripture is telling us here that as we hear the Word of God, it does something supernatural. It has the ability in us to do something to separate the difference between what is happening in our soul and what is happening in our spirit. And if we're honest, some of us, I don't actually, I don't know anybody who has not had an encounter with something that we might call a stronghold. Something that we find difficult, that we know contradicts the word of God, and we find difficult in our own ability to put down. And this is how much God loves us and helps us to get free is by understanding how the Word of God begins to work inside of us. Because as we take in the Word of God, it has the ability to break down the things that we might be thinking that stand in opposition to the truth of God, to the truth of what He is saying, to separate those things, to identify what is true in our spirit, and to bring the things of the soul into submission to the Word of God. This is the measure of freedom that Jesus gives us, and this is why we must hear the Word in order to proclaim the Word. Because if God is bringing us to a place of freedom from fear, but yet our mind is gripped by fear, God must deal with and separate the things that we are thinking on, our feelings, our emotions. He must deal with those things and bring them under the submission of the truth of who He is. But the truth of who He is rests in our spirit. 
That doesn't mean that God wants you to be a robot or a zombie. That is not what that means. He created man perfectly in his image. And part of that image that he gave to Adam and he gave to Eve was the ability to feel and to think and to have emotions the same way he does. But when sin entered the equation, those things began to betray the truth of, the, of, the, of who God is in us. And so the way that we get free and the way that we come into that understanding of the freedom of Jesus Christ is by hearing the Word of God because the Word of God has the ability to separate those things and to correct those things. We see this in every area of our need for Jesus. What brings somebody into salvation? How does somebody come and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior? They don't do it through a good sermon, the Scripture tells us. They do it because the Holy Spirit is moving on their life. And here is what the Holy Spirit is doing. Is that the Holy Spirit is separating them from the idea that good works save them. The Holy Spirit is separating them from shame and condemnation. The Holy Spirit is separating them from fear, the fear of God, the fear that God is angry at them. The Holy Spirit is doing that. And then the Holy Spirit is connecting them into the love, into the grace of Jesus Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing. And it's not until somebody has an encounter with the Holy Spirit that they can truly yield their heart to Jesus Christ. The same thing happens as we walk through the freedom that we need in our life when we are dealing with a stronghold. If our soul is damaged, if our mind, our emotions, our attitudes, and our perspectives are damaged, if we can sing about God, but at night we struggle with the peace of God, or we struggle again in a place of fear or anxiety or unforgiveness or addiction, these things God desires earnestly to set us free from. Because these things will ultimately attack our perception of who God is. And I know some of you might be, listen, and I don't, I don't want to talk over anybody's head here. Here's what I want to do. Is that I want us to be a church who fully embraces the full measure of the vision of this house. And sees and walks in everything that Jesus came to give us. I don't want any person in here that, yes, they've got their security set in heaven, but they are walking around bound because that is not the full measure of the freedom that Jesus Christ came to bring. And so Jesus is so intent on pursuing this in our life and the way he does it as we hear the word of God and it begins to separate and make a distinction between what is true about the nature of God in us and then what is a lie in our thinking. And God begins to correct that and as our spirits begin to get healed and as we understand the nature of the love of God for us that creates an identity in us, it begins to renew our mind. We begin to understand that there is nothing that will separate us from the peace and the love and the security of God. Oh man, I'm sorry. I got a little. I got a little excited there. It's just me. It's okay. All right, that's fine. Um, it's Father's Day. I'm allowed to do that. It's just a gift I'm going to give myself. All right. 
and also with our future. We have to have confidence in God and the truth of God to do what God has called us to. And God has called every one of you here to do great things for him. None of you are just meandering around like without ambition. If you've been called of God, if you've been saved by God, you're called of God. And you're called to do something wonderful for him. But you've got to have confidence in him and the truth of God. And that comes by hearing the word. Let's talk about what we speak. What we speak. Because here is part of proclamation that God desires is for us to, to hear the word, to be transformed by the word, to have our hearts established on the word, but for it to come out of us, it to come out of us. God puts his truth in us so we can tell somebody else. In Romans ten fourteen, it says this. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. This is pretty simple. The word of God is telling us, listen, you've got to speak what has transformed your life. You've got to speak it out. Because there are people that need to hear the full gospel of Jesus Christ on this earth. It starts with you receiving it and getting it in full measure, but it has to come out of you. Some of you say, well, pastor, you don't know where I'm at. I'm a little banged up right now. But here's what I'm going to tell you back to you is that one of the ways for you to walk in maybe a measure of freedom that you're not experiencing now is to acknowledge a powerful truth that you're not as banged up as you think. That there are some parts of you that you've experienced the love of God in a way that you can begin to give it out. Because there's something powerful that happens that Jesus actually talks about. He says, listen, when you get something that is in your heart out of your mouth, it begins to do something powerful to you. It begins to transform you in a way like you've never experienced before. And one great thing about this passage in Romans 10 that we just read, the very last part says is how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. This is what the word beautiful means. It means blooming or mature. Blooming or mature. If you're kind of in a stagnant place in your walk with God, and you're going, God, what's next? What's next for me? I've heard it all. I know it all. I've read the books. Then ask yourself this question. Are you speaking what you know? Because the word of God says this, that those who go and declare the gospel, they carry a beauty on their feet. But this beauty is actually a fruit of maturity. It's bringing them into a greater depth of their walk with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? That one of the ways we can build a deeper relationship with the Lord is to begin to speak out. Yeah, that takes guts, that takes courage, but I promise you the Holy Spirit will give it to you if you are obedient to his word. He will do it. Jesus says it like this in Luke 6, 43-45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick up figs from from the thorn bushes or grapes from the briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. All right. Another story from dad, from me. When my kids were little, really little, and my son was even littler, 
He was probably about three, maybe four years old. We used to take him out to Dornboff's Park because we would feed the ducks. It was a really cheap thing for our little family to do at that time. And we would send and we'd throw up bread. And you've been to Dornboff's Park. Probably everybody in this place has been to Dornboff's Park. And you might have even fed the ducks. But I don't know what kind of critter it was. There is a mean goose out there. Y'all know the mean goose, don't you? Let's call the mean goose Fred just for the sake of understanding. Fred is mean, like heck of mean, all right? And Fred used to chase my kids. And, well, okay, let, I'm going to give you the PG version of this story real quick. And so I had to, like, threaten Fred. <laughs> and maybe or maybe not, I said some, some bad words to Fred. You know, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. And, and, and I, I uh, vote up on Fred. Fred, honestly, let me be real honest right now, Fred didn't back down. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that was going to end. But, but anyways, I protected my kids. Well, not too long after that event, my son, maybe four years old at the time, we have our Abby, and, and, and uh, we got our kids down at Dornboss Park. Well, Fred's back. I don't see Fred. My kids are throwing bread. And all of a sudden, I hear my four-year-old son, okay, start to cuss out Fred. <laughs> and he's telling Fred to stay away from his sisters. <laughs> I'll tell you the whole story outside the walls of this church. It, it happened. It happened. <laughs> Here's a point. Here's a point. Here's a point. You're saying, wait, wait. I, honestly, I just really worked this one in because I love that story. But here's the point. Is that you're going to speak. And this is what Jesus says. Every person bears fruit. Every person bears fruit. You're going to bear good fruit. You're going to bear bad fruit. But here's the thing about fruit is that fruit comes from what's in your heart. Fruit comes from what's in your heart. And this is honestly what I believe. This is just my take. You, you can, I, I want you to look at the scripture. Don't ever take my word for it. Go study the word of God. Know the word of God. And you don't have to agree with me. But here's what I believe. Is that the more we choose to speak out of the the truth of who Jesus is from our heart and let it come out of our mouth, the better we are at bearing good fruit that the world can eat from and see Jesus from. And this is what Jesus is saying. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's not about talking or not talking. It's, it's not even as much about the release of sound out of your mouth as it is obedience to what's in your heart. Because Jesus says it's not up for debate. You're going to speak something out of your mouth. How do you know that you've got something in your heart, that you've heard the word, that it's transforming your life? Listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying. Are you speaking from a place of truth? Are you speaking from a place of life? Are you, are you speaking from the place of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can I just be real with you for a second? Or are we, are we co-signing on the misery of the world? Are you standing around the water cooler at work and just listening to stories and they're pitiful and they're painful and they're filled with hurt and they're filled with hopelessness and you're just saying you're agreeing? Because God's honestly called you to do something more. He's actually put something in you. And again, yes, it takes a little bit of courage, but I promise you as you release it out of your mouth, it's going to bring life to you and life to somebody else. Even if you just share what God's done in your life, even if you just share the truth about who Jesus is, it's going to bring life. 
Finally, and this is probably for me the most challenging part of the idea of proclamation that we see here. Is that in order for proclamation to truly be transformational, we have to do what we hear and what we say. We have to do what we hear and what we say. I referenced it before, but in 1 Corinthians 4.20, it says this. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Justin, come on up. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. In this simple, small scripture, Paul lays out here the truth of what the Holy Spirit is putting into us. What I believe about proclamation is that we can hear it, and that's the first step that we all need to have. And we can say it, that brings growth, that brings a depth of maturity, but what God really, really wants is for us to display it, to do it. What He honestly desires for us to display it and do it. I am a world-class trash talker. I have graduated from the school of trash talking with a PhD. I've handed it down to my children. My son's phenomenal. Some of my kids are now too. I don't know what it is. Pray for me, please. Another incident at Dornboff's Park. I should probably file a lawsuit against Dornboff's Park. Just for reputation damaging. All right. When my daughter Maddie, my oldest, was little, you know, dads, this is what we do, isn't it? We challenge them to a race, right? And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I can beat you, right? But it's no fun beating a little child, like, at the starting block. So what you got to do is give them a fair enough head start, don't you, dads? You got to go, look, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I still got to be superhero dad, you know? So you go ahead and you get, you get ahead. You, keep, you go down the block a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you. I'm going to get you. And my wife is laughing at me. She's like, oh, I don't think you can. Like, okay, what? You don't know me. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who I am. Oh, I'll beat, I'll beat around Lapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, now my, my ego's on the line. And you got to back up what you're talking about. See, because if you're going to tra- talk trash, listen, dads, you got to back it up. At some level, you're going to lose respect. And so Maddie set out, and she's slow as a turtle. I ain't going to lie. I love her. She's slow. And I'm like, I got this in the bag. And it was like that day the Lord said, son, I'm going to humble you. And I'm not joking. I'm like, no problem. I can do this backwards. I start running, and my hamstring just goes, clunk. <laughs> I start dragging my leg. My wife is on the ground rolling around saying, thank you, Jesus. I know you love me. <laughs> Maddie's beaming from eye to eye. I'm yelling, no fair. Let's have another contest in a week. I mean, it's just going down. It's going down. Nobody likes somebody who talks a good game and doesn't back it up. That's just the standard of the world, isn't it? And part of the reason that God tells us that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power is because it's not so much about us. Listen to this, please. It's not so much about us. Matter of fact, it's not about you at all. It's not about you when you stretch out your hand to pray for somebody for healing. It's not about you as you lift up an encouraging word, as you love somebody who's not easy to love. It's not you when you give somebody something 
that they need who is broken and you help them off the ground or to a new level. It's not about you at all. What it is is about the glory of the Father. And He's chosen to put that deposit in every one of us and say, are you willing to trust the transformation of the gospel in your life? Because if it's transformed your life and it can come from a place in your heart, it has the authority to change somebody else, but it has to be seen. It has to be seen because it is who God is as a good father. It has to be seen. In order for it to come in us and be out of us through our mouth and be seen through our actions, we have to be moved by the truth of the gospel in our own lives. We have to live out the truth of the gospel in our own lives. And we have to give the truth of the gospel from our life. To button this up this morning, I want to just, in two minutes, give you some practical things that you can walk away with today. Because if you find yourself in a place where you still need freedom, where you're struggling, you're saying, Pastor, I I understand and I, I see this clear, but in my life I'm struggling with this area this stronghold, this place, I can't get around it. It's crushing me. Well, I declare the grace of Jesus Christ to you, but let me give you a couple things. Because Jesus loves you. He doesn't want you to be in that place. But one thing you have to do is you have to get into the Word of God. You have to get into the Word of God. You've got to hear the Word of God. So, practically speaking... I have people ask me this all the time. Well, where do I start? What do I read? How do I do that? I don't understand. We live in a day and age where technology in this area is really our friend. And so I want to give you an app that if you don't have, you need to download today. You can actually get on your phone and download it right now. If you're going to look at it and pick a devotional, it's called YouVersion. And what it is is a Bible app where you can read the Bible, but they've got something beautiful on that. They've got a devotional area that there's over 200 different devotions for men, for women, for if you want to study the Word in one year, if you want to just do a three-day, a seven-day, a 21-day study on grace, on the fear of God, on praise, I've done it. Listen, and if you get on there, I'll friend you. I'll friend you on there. I don't even do social media, but I will do it on this app. I will encourage you. Because some of you are saying, well, how do I do that? How do I get that into me? But because the Word of God is so important, here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you're new to it, start with three days. Then jump to seven days. And start with the understanding of the love of God or the grace of God or new life in Jesus. But get into the Word and hear the Word of God. Listen to some messages that bring you life. I cannot be the only person feeding you. You need to fill, if you're in this place, you need to fill your ears with the right things. There's another app I use. Here you go. You can download it. It's called CastBox. C-A-S-T-B-O-X. CastBox. And it puts any podcast into one centralized place for you to listen to. And I'm going to give you a couple of recommendations of people you should be listening to. A guy named Bill Johnson out of Bethel Church in Redding, California. A guy named Judah Smith out of Washington State. A guy named Andy Stanley. Robert Morris. Listen to these guys. Get this into you. 
Read life-giving books. Invest in relationships where the Word of God and the Gospel is being talked about. Where there is encouragement through the Gospel being given. If you're in this place where you still need freedom, get into the Word. Why? Because the Word of God will set you free. It will set you free. If you're in a place where you are noticing that the things that are coming out of your mouth are not a reflection of the revelation of Jesus in your heart, then you need to inventory your mouth. (laughs) Now, Now listen, the best way to do that is that if you're married, ask your spouse to help you. Yeah, somebody said, "Uh uh-oh, that's it. (laughs) Amen. But if your spouse loves Jesus and they love you, they're going to tell you the truth, and that's exactly what you need to hear. Because you know what I love about my wife? She's one of the happiest people that I know personally. She loves just life. And sometimes I play the grumpy cat well. You know, I I just get grumpy. And she'll look at me and say, you're just choosing to be grumpy and uncontent. I'll be like, shut up. (laughs) You're right, I am. You say, Andy, how can you talk about these things, but then you're you're not happy right here? Ooh, woman, I'm going to sleep on the couch. (laughs) No, it doesn't happen in my house. I don't do it, she don't do it. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to check the condition of your heart. If it's not in that place, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, but deal with it. Deal with it and allow the Holy Spirit's power to deal with it. Deal with it. And then finally, for every one of us, maybe it's time to do what we believe. Maybe it's time God's been nudging us to talk to somebody. I had this experience this week where somebody in the church called me and asked me to reach out to a person they knew that wasn't connected in church. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And when I say will, I'm saying we'll find somebody. I'll I'll do that. And in my mind, I was justifying, you know, I'm busy. I got this. And this is important. I'm not going to forget about it. I'm going to get somebody. And she told me where this person lived. I didn't have a phone number for this person. And on my way to work, I drove by this person's house, and I saw them outside. I knew it was them by the way this person had identified them. And I said, oh, that's them. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, Andy, turn around. I said, oh, okay. I turned my car around. I pulled up on them. And can you imagine how freaky that is to have somebody walk up on you you don't know and be like, hey, you don't know me, but I know you. And I did, and all of a sudden that apprehension just melted away. And I had a conversation about the Lord with this person. I said, thank you, Lord. I know that you asked me to do that. And I know that takes a measure of trust in you. But this is what we need to be doing. So maybe it's time to talk to that somebody. Maybe it's time to pray for somebody. Maybe it's time to alter our conversation the next time we get into a hopeless conversation with somebody, instead of saying, I'm sorry, or just nodding in agreement, we say, can I, can I pray for you? It may shock them. It may really, really shock them. But do it. Can you encourage somebody? 
Can you spend a second to see the best in somebody through the eyes of the Lord encourage them? Can we love somebody this week? Can we be a tangible application of the love of God this week to somebody? Can we show them love through Jesus Christ? I believe we can. I believe this is what proclamation is. I believe what, this is what God's put into our house. And, and don't forget, listen, grace in the name of Jesus, because if you're in the place where you're saying, Pastor, I'm still working it out, understand this, that this is where you start. You have to hear the word and you have to be free, but it's not where you stop. It's not where you stop. It needs to come out of your mouth and it needs to be a reflection of your life. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I thank you today, Lord, as we looked at your word and we hear what your word said about this part of our vision, God, about proclamation, Lord, that Holy Spirit, we would begin to receive the truth of who you are inside of us for every person here that is walking through a place in their life where they need another understanding, a revelation of your freedom. Father, I declare your grace upon them that through the word, the anointing of Jesus Christ, that there, that there would be freedom that would come. Lord, no matter what it is they're dealing with, no matter what they're walking through, that freedom would come through the word of God. Thank you for that. Lord, that we would begin, Lord, to speak, Father God, from the depth of your love that has transformed our hearts. That, God, the things out of our mouth would speak the truth of Jesus Christ. They would speak the love and the freedom of Jesus Christ. And, God, today we make an agreement as a people, Lord, to trust you for the glory of the name of the Lord, to be obedient, to do the things that you have transformed our lives with. Lord, I thank you for every father here today. I thank you for every person. But today, as we honor fathers, Lord, thank you that you have deposited the full measure of your wisdom and your strength upon them. Lord, let joy fill their hearts as they think about their children, God, as they think about the beautiful things that you have done in your life, their lives. Lord, let your presence and your grace be upon them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Would you stand to your feet, please? I declare over you the grace of Jesus. Dads, enjoy your day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Love one another as you walk out the door. Have a great day. We look forward to seeing you Wednesday.